Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. We're going to get into the Word this morning. Amen. We're talking about spiritual gains. And actually, this year, uh, our theme and kind of a focus that we've had is really been a year to build. 2019 has been a year to build and to grow in our walk with God. And so this really series is helping us to accomplish that and achieve that. And really, it's building spiritual muscles for everyday hustles. And whatever you have to deal with in the day in and day out, the grind, you know, we can develop spiritual resistance muscles so that we can succeed and overcome, so that we can face the challenges victoriously. See, there's too many Christians that live a defeated, down-and-out life, and that should not be. Believers should be the most victorious people on this planet, and it doesn't depend on what they're going through, but it does depend on who they're connected to in their relationship with God. And so Second Peter, actually 1 Peter 2.2, 2, we'll start with this verse before we pray. First uh, Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. And, and you know, we see that passage, and it identifies a baby, an infant child. And, and we have crew here that, believe it or not, the kid's only two months old, and he rolled over already. That normally doesn't happen until four to six months, so this guy's advanced, so give it up for crew, you know. <laughs> It's our grandson, okay? And anyway, we're always kind of, I was probably the one lacking and lagging behind, but uh, all the others are passing me by. Anyway, so, but we see this allegory, an analogy of a newborn infant that they're just feeding on milk. And it's, and, and, and here the scripture says it's spiritual milk, something that gives us what we need, the nutrients, so we can grow up into salvation. See, when you're saved, it's like you get this amazing package deal from God. But yet we discover what we received as we grow in the Word. We discover the authority that we have as believers. We discover the promises that we have of peace in the midst of anxiety and conflict and all that stuff, where we grow up in the salvation that we received so we can come to a place of maturity and growth. And so let's take a moment, uh, and before we pray, I just want to say there are disciplines in the natural when you're a bodybuilder, or if you're going through some exercise program, there's certain disciplines that you have to incorporate in your life. And disciplines are not always something easy. It means getting up, doing extra, doing more, and not giving in to your fleshly desires, because your flesh just wants to you know, spaz out and just, you know, lay low and, hey, don't disrupt me. You know, you press the snooze button 50 times before you actually get up, okay? But disciplines are something that you do to train your body, to get it in shape. And so there are also spiritual disciplines for being built up spiritually so that we can be strong in God, strong in our walk with God. There's too many anemic Christians there's too many weak Christians that have not disciplined themselves for growth and advancement in the kingdom. So let's 
join our faith together as we pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak concerning the truth that we find in your word. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would enable me to effectively communicate truth that can be meaningful and impactful in people's lives. Father, we ask that you move in this place in a way, Father, to impact hearts and lives so that they can grow spiritually, so they can begin to incorporate spiritual disciplines in their life to see victory where they've been facing defeat. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And everyone in agreement says, Amen. I want to just share a little testimony. We were to San Antonio this past week. We were there uh, for Saray and Joshua's wedding. And Saray actually was with us for a number of months uh, last year. She helped uh, revamp our whole children's ministry. She was on staff with Jensen Franklin's church and their uh, children's ministry. And so she came with her expertise and, and just a wealth of information to help us as a church so that we can develop and, and be more proactive in ministering to children. And that's our heart. We want to see children ministered back there in, in refuge kids. And, and so we're thankful for Amy um, Rice that is on staff with us now, and, and she's helping us reach that objective and ministering to your kids as uh, the adults and moms and dads are here. But um, so Saray and uh, Josh got married, so now she's no longer a McGee. She's a Moray. So, yeah. And so we were staying in the Airbnb in a, a city called Center Point, not Stevens Point, Center Point, Texas. And the um, host of this home, uh, Tom and Kim, delightful people. Tom was a retired uh, Air Force uh, commercial, not Air Force, commercial uh, airline pilot. And his wife was a, um, a stewardess or uh, a flight attendant, and they just retired from that. And so we engaged in conversations with them. They were believers. And before we left, I asked if we could pray. And she had shared with us that she had severe migraines, like for years and years. And, and so we just gathered around. Andy and Michaela and crew were with us. And, and so we just prayed with Kim. And uh, God touched her in a very significant way. And, and she texted Pastor Deb a little bit later and said, when we were praying uh, for her and for the migraines, she literally felt herself like falling forward. She felt something that she hadn't experienced. And, and for the remainder of that day, the, the migraines left her. And then uh, just a couple days later, and this has been now a few days, I'm going to read a text that she sent to Deb. And the text read, I am still migraine-free. I'm, I'm not done. This is the longest span of free days I've had in 15 years. Thank you all. I feel so blessed to know you all and to have experienced God's love so profoundly. Thank you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. My love to everyone. That's, that's incredible. You know... Deb and I were just talking about just this, actually this past week, because we had other encounters like that, because there was another Airbnb we stayed at, <coughs> that there was a real connection, and God used us to really minister to a couple. 
But wherever we go, we carry the presence of God. Wherever we go, God wants to use you to impact a life, to impact someone's heart. Because people are at different places with different needs, and God can use you to make a difference. And, and one of the things that we pray is, Lord, use us to impact someone's life. And, and God is so faithful to give us those opportunities. Now, you know, I uh, could have just said, oh, yeah, you have migraines, we'll pray for you. And then in my private prayer life, I lift up in prayer. But we took another step and we said, let's do it. Let's actually pray for you and lay hands on you and, and minister. Because the scripture says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I mean, how exciting for God to use us to minister his healing power to someone's life. And, and I'm just so thankful and grateful that it's not about us. It's about God and what he can do through us. And so really that kind of is what this whole message is about. The, the component we're going to talk about uh, is serving. Uh, Tim Kleiner did a wonderful job. He talked last week about devotion and, and establishing a devotional time in your life. In fact, uh, one of the things that uh, how we define devotion, devotion is love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause. One of the things he said, and I just want to recap this, is spending time with God in his presence is necessary to know and experience him. How can you know and experience him if you're not giving him the time of day? You have to set time aside to be with God. Even if it's just sitting in the car as you're driving, say, Lord, I'm, I'm here to talk to you. And, and then what extent do you treasure the word of God? You know, spending time in the word is critical to your devotional life, and that's, that's so important as well. And, and one of the things he said that I loved is the word of God, prayer, and worship are what make up our devotional life. And, and so keep that in mind. And, and then, of course, if you, if you want to uh, go to the podcast, he talked about seven benefits of a devotional life and the importance of meditating on God's word. So, yeah, great job, Tim. Thank you so much for ministering in our absence. Our serving, again, is today's title of this particular uh, message. Now, the kind of serving... Uh, we're talking about is not when you go to the lunch line and you put something on your plate. And uh, some of you call it a helping. You're just helping yourself to food. And uh, at uh, Cody and Allison's wedding yesterday, there was a, a line. Where it was kind of the self-serve thing. And we all basically served ourselves. We took a serving of, of, it was good, chicken, ribs, corn, potatoes, chocolate chip cookies, and there was a few other things over there. But, yeah, it was great. We, we, we enjoyed the meal. Good job. Um, yeah. Where was I going with that? <laughs> I'm hungry. <no? laughs> All right. Or serving. We're not talking about serving when you're at a volleyball game and you have the ball or a tennis match and you're ready to hit the ball over the net. So it's... it's uh, the serving we're talking about is something we do in relation to impact someone else's life. Uh, Merriam-Webster defines serve as to furnish or supply with something needed or desired. And I love that. I mean, Merriam-Webster had a whole list of definitions, but I like that one the best. Now, in today's culture, it's most commonly associated with a waiter, when you think of serving, 
a waiter, a waitress in a restaurant, or those enlisted in the military. That's a term that's often used. They're serving their country. And, and so when we talk about it in the context of the church, in the context of being a believer, I want to address the what, actually the why, the what, the who, the where, and when of serving. Okay? So we're going to talk about all those things, the why, the what, the who, the where, and when. We'll first start with the why. Why serve? What's the big deal? Okay? I want you to turn to Romans eleven twenty nine, and we're going to actually uh, share this. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. And this passage is, is, is so powerful uh, because it, it establishes a truth that applies to every one of us. <coughs> Romans eleven twenty nine. in the context of this, it's talking about the gifts and the callings of God. It says, for God's gifts... And his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. In other words, the gifts that you have are God-given. And they have a purpose and a reason that he gave them to you. He chose you, he called you, he empowered you to do something in this earth, something on this planet. And he's not going to change his mind about it. Now, many times I've tried to get God to change his mind about my call. I had some deep and long discussions with him about the call to be a pastor. That was not necessarily on my agenda, but it was on his and as I submitted to that call and stepped into it, there was a grace, which is his enablement, that allowed me to do what I do. And the same goes for you. Whatever he calls you to do, there's a grace that empowers you to do it so that you can do it well and do it right. Okay? So that excites me. This passage excites me because if God's called us, he's going to empower us to fulfill that call. So the why of serving is, is something we've been called to do. Serving revolves, and if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Serving revolves around, first of all, need, then purpose, gifting, but most importantly, calling. So serving revolves around those things. It revolves around need, purpose, gifting, and most importantly, calling. So why the why has to do with motive, the motive. God is far more interested in why you serve others than how well you serve them. Why do you serve? Why do you serve as a greeter? Why do you serve as a host? Why do you do this? It, you need to look at the motive. Are you doing it because you want to be seen? Or are you doing it because you really... Love God and want him to use you, okay? And so he's always looking at your heart. He really is. And, and that's important as a servant because, you know, and I believe God wants us all to express a servant's heart in our walk with God. Are you willingly serving 
and eagerly saving out of a heart of love for Jesus and gratitude for what he's done for you? Because I believe that's right. And see, the Bible exhorts us to serve, and, and, and we see a passage in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you, as a good manager, must use the gift that God has given you to serve others. So what is your gift? God's given you that gift, and you need to manage that gift. And how do we manage something? Well, we take care of it. When you manage something, you, you develop it. Some skills are developed. Some giftings are developed. But the intent is to serve others with that gift, whatever it is. And see, we cannot deny that God has gifted each of us with gifts that he intends us to manage for the purpose of serving others, okay? And I believe it's also important to understand the magnitude of the role that we play in the kingdom of God when it comes to serving. Because, see, he wants his influence working in you to impact others. Because, frankly, we are the arms and feet of Jesus. If he's going to do something in this earth, he needs a vessel to work through. He needs somebody that he can, that's yielded to him that would allow him to work through to impact another life. And, and so serving is a privilege. <coughs> now, it is God's desire that every member be actively involved in serving. See, there's no people on the sidelines in a sense, okay, uh, when it comes to serving in the kingdom. Serving in the kingdom is a privilege and also a responsibility. See, if you're a true believer, there's a responsibility that you need to embrace, and that is I need to be serving. If you're just coming and always receiving and receiving, you're going to get fat, okay? I mean, if, if you keep coming to the restaurant and you keep eating and eating and you never work out, you never exercise, you're going to put on the pounds. That's just the way it works, okay? And so serving is a tool that helps us connect with the vision that God has given us as a church. It's a tool. In fact, um, uh, the Scripture tells us, and I don't have a slide for this, but 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen says that God places us in the body where it's pleasing to him. And that placement is designed by him for a place to serve, to a place of involvement. And it's a place of significance. Every single member of the body of Christ is significant. Every single member has a place, has a purpose, and has a role, and has a function to perform. And that's so important to understand. Now, each of us have special gifts and talents that we are exhorted to use to serve and bless others, okay? Involvement requires that we connect with the leadership in the church so that we can serve. And it's just connecting, finding out how can I serve, where's my place, where am I needed? Uh, see, and one of the things we need to do, another element is we serve to express gratitude, we're thankful for what God sent in our life. So it's out of gratitude that we serve in a place where we serve others. Um, you know, where if a church has helped an individual in the time of need, out of gratitude many times they'll come and say, how can I give back? And, and it's not that they have to pay back. No, they just want to give back. It's a response because they were blessed, they received, but now they want to give. And that's, 
the giving and receiving. It's all working together. And then we serve to align with God's purpose. It's an aligning with God's purpose. And then serving also is a transformation of self because serving changes your focus. You're not so self-focused. We need to be self-aware but not self-focused, okay? And, and so we can be aware and focused on the needs of others and not just your need. It's not the big eye, but how can I be a blessing to Harold? How can I be a blessing to Abby and Luke? Or how can I be a blessing to any one of you in this place, you know? Uh, but we have that mindset. Serving takes on that mindset. So let's talk about the what. We've got to move through these things. Some of these are longer and shorter than others. The what of what does serving mean to you? Now, we had a men's breakfast this past week, a Thursday morning at 6 o'clock at Park Ridge Cafe, and there were 12 men that showed up. I thought that was a great, great number. And I surveyed them. I asked them the question. So these men are going to do this point, the what. Brian Sikosh, and I'm only taking portions of what they said. I kind of high-capped the, the, the best of what they said, hopefully. Brian Sikosh said, serving is the pathway to leadership. Oh, I like that. That's really good. And Jacob Wachowiak, Wachowiak, that was a impediment thing, okay? Wachowiak, he said, serving is a mindset we have that is a willingness to invest in others. I, I like that. Sam Kehart, give it up for Sam there. <laughs> he said, putting others above yourself, being faithful with the small things, the small things you've been entrusted to. That's what serving is, putting others above yourself. Ben Eitenbrook said, being aware of others' needs, take time and be aware of other people's needs. There's always a need, but what need are you called to fill? And see, that's, that's always been a challenge to me. There's so many needs, but Lord, which one do you want me to fill? And uh, so don't be overwhelmed because there's so much need, but find a need and fill it, okay? And then my nephew was there, Ryan Malik. He said, start everything out of love. Serving is having the right motive. Jesus washed the disciples' feet to demonstrate serving. It was out of love. And then he said this, which I thought was good. There is no one beneath me or no job beneath me. Yeah, that's a servant. Jesus went to the feet of the disciples and washed their feet, which was a job that was beneath a lot of people <coughs> in that day. Dave Ray, what did he say? Are you ready? Okay. He said, serving is obedience, humility, joy, and leadership. So it, it covers and it streams into all those areas. I thought that was good. Bill Weimer, where's Bill? Back there. He's a good guy. He's been around a long time. All right. <laughs> Okay, I lost my place here. Where are you, Bill? Okay. <laughs> this was good. Bill said, it's a ministry to understand people and see where they are coming from, identifying with others. I love that. Because when you serve, you come to a place where you can identify with others with their needs, 
and with their situation. That's great. Then T.J. Albright. T.J., you know, he's a, he's a good cook, you know, but he was there uh, receiving at that time. Okay, T.J., where are you? Back there in the sound booth, okay? He said, serving is to sacrifice yourself for the greater need of others. I love that. Lending a hand, he also said. Andy Schultz, where's uh, Andy? Son-in-law, he's back there. He said, learning to be comfortable with what is uncomfortable. Yeah, because sometimes it's awkward. Okay, I'm serving. How do I do this? And, but it's extending yourself and sometimes to a place where it's not comfortable. Then Tim Kleiner. Where's Tim? He's back there, belly, somewhere. Where's Tim? I think he's the service manager back there, maybe making sure the parking lot is safe where your car isn't getting robbed or something like that. Okay. Tim said Jesus came to serve and give his life. It is motive, laying down your life, servanthood versus serving. And he talked a little about that, that we enter not just serving, but into a place of servanthood where it becomes part of our lifestyle, our DNA, okay? And then Josh Cook. Where, is Josh here this morning? Okay. He said, I think about the church having a willingness to help people without expecting anything in return. Wow. See, that's a true giving heart. You don't expect something in return. You're doing it out of love. And then finally, Jeff Prentice. Jeff, where are you hiding? Oh, yeah, right there. With his, with his in-laws, okay? That's good. Yeah. At least they're not outlaws. <laughs> uh, he said orientated with the task at hand. It's all for the sake of people. And I like this. He used a little example. Doing the dishes to invest in my relationship with my wife, not just because I want a clean kitchen. Yeah. And then he said, what do we do for love? I mean, what do we do out of a heart of love? Not just out of duty, out of expectation, but sincere love. Yeah, I like that. So that's the what. Are we ready for the who? Okay. The who, you can write it down. Who do we serve? God and people. And see, the two are so connected because the heart of God is to serve people. So if you're serving God, that's going to flow right into serving people. And we can't lose sight of God for the people or we can't lose sight of the people for God. We, there's a connection there. In Acts 13, 36, it says, For David, this was at the time uh, that he had come to the end of his life. Or it, <coughs> it says, For David, after he served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. In other words, his body decayed. He, he died. But what this scripture is addressing is that he served the purpose of God for his generation. He wasn't just serving people, but the purpose of God was serving people, okay? When we serve the purpose of God, it will be extended to ministry to people, okay? The purpose of God is always connected in ministering to people. And I want to look, go back to 1 Peter 4.10 and read verse 11 as well. So 1 Peter 4.10, again, as each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another 
as good stewards of the grace, of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, verse 11, as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves, notice, by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we can see the connection here. We serve in the strength that God supplies. We're serving people, but God is being glorified through it all. Yeah, there's more that could be said about this verse, but we need, we need to move on here. Romans 14, another passage that goes along with this, verses 18 and 19. It says, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So you see the connection there, God and man? Verse 19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. And one, one essence or, uh, that serving accomplishes, it, it upbuilds others. And, and so there's an edifying, there's a building up of others when you serve. And, or when you are served, because we're on both ends of the spectrum. There's times we're served, there's times we serve, okay? Now, everyone has a capacity to serve, but capacity without obedience to act is meaningless. I brought a little device. Maybe if you're an electrician, you might know what this is. I, I had to scour the basement of the church. We have part of the building is a basement. And I, I finally found this. I knew we had some of these devices around. <clears throat> Just looking at this from the audience, does anybody know what this is? I know Bob knows what this is. It's a capacitor. And I love this as an illustration because a capacitor has a capacity within it and is released when these two electrodes make contact between the positive and negative contacts. A capacitor is actually an electronic component that stores an electric charge, okay? A capacitor is made up of two uh, metallic plates, and when you apply voltage to the plates, an electrical field is created, okay? This is the science of it positive charge will collect on one plate and negative charge on the other. Now, you can charge a capacitor simply by wiring it into an electrical circuit. But when you turn the power on, this is charged up. But then at some point, when these contacts are connected through the whole circuit, a power is released and, and so all of us are, in a sense, a capacitor. And we're charged by the word of God. <clears throat> we're built up in Christ. And, but when we serve, there's a contact. And power is released. And that power comes from God. As we've seen in the scripture, he gives us the strength to serve. And so there's times we can grow weary in serving as pastors, there's been times we've grown weary in serving, but yet we know there's a capacity that God's given us that we can be recharged. We don't have to be without strength because God is our strength, okay? 
And, and so the Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing. So there's a lot more that can be said on this. Well, let's look at the when. The when. Well, you've heard me say this before. You're going to hear me say it again. When everyone does their part, every need is met. So the when is, is really, really right now. How about right now? Serving is opportunity that we seize right now, okay? Um, I love Psalms 110 verse 3. In the New American Standard Bible, it says, Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. When God is on the move, people are not uh, necessarily going to hesitate to get involved. They're going to want to be involved. They're going to say, put me down. Uh, count on me. They're going to volunteer freely when God's power is being demonstrated. And I believe we're seeing God's power demonstrated here at Refuge and it's because of his presence. His presence is showing up in our meetings when we gather together, our small groups, our, our worship services. God's presence is showing up. And that's one element of his power. The power of his presence can transform lives. And, and so that's a, a wonderful passage. And realize whatever your gifting is, there's a place for you to serve on one of our teams. See, our volunteers are passionate, they're committed, and determined to go the distance together. We have the greatest volunteers here. I mean, there's such a love and a passion and appreciation that Deb and I have for those who serve and volunteer. Now, we love all of you, but we really love you if you're serving. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. We love you if you don't, you know. Realize that, you know, how many of you want to be a leader? I believe there's something inside of everyone that desires to lead. And realize that the greatest form of leadership is service to others. Every leader is a servant first. So whatever your gifting, your interest, or schedule, I believe there's a place for you to serve on the refuge team. So the question is, what are you waiting for? Now, if you're interested in serving, you can go to our website, actually, and check the serving link. It's actually wearerefuge.net backslash serve. And uh, you can check out these opportunities, these places you can check, and, and uh, we'll get back to you on that. But I want to motivate you to serve and get involved, not out of guilt, but out of a conviction because of the love of God in you and because of an opportunity that's before you. Opportunity, not guilt, is what motivates us to serve when we see and recognize the opportunity. And the only real happy people are those who have learned how to serve others and are doing it. See, a true believer cannot live life selfishly and find true fulfillment without serving. I better say that again. A true believer cannot live life selfishly and find true fulfillment without serving. Jesus was a servant leader, and we're going to uh, kind of close with this. Did I get all the why, what, who, where, when? Did I get them all? Okay, good. Good. We're doing good then. 
See, there's a couple, a few weeks ago, I, I missed one of the points. I don't know how I did that, but I missed one of the points, and everybody's asking, what was point thing? I, I think I said it, didn't I? No, you didn't. Okay, all right. So, Jesus was a servant leader. And, and see, we have to realize his example is so important to us to follow. Um, and he actually gave us an example by serving others. During the Last Supper, he washed the disciples' feet, which was just one example. To be effective and successful as leaders, we have to be committed and dedicated to serve. In the kingdom of God, leaders are servants, and servants are leaders. Jesus said in Matthew twenty three eleven, the greatest among you shall be the servant of all. Wow. And there's a path to greatness. There's a pathway to greatness. We see in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 and 43, it says, And Jesus called them to him and said to them, and there was a little dispute that had arisen among the disciples as to who was the greatest. <coughs> and Jesus went on to say, You know those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, lorded over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 43, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. This is a must. See, the pathway to greatness is different than most people think. Jesus established this concept of servant leadership, which was actually foreign in his day. I mean, it was a shocker in his day and still in ours. Greatness is measured in our capacity to serve, which I believe is God's perspective that qualifies us to lead. If, you don't, if you're not willing to serve, don't ever expect to lead in the kingdom. And our greatness is measured and determined in our capacity to serve others, not in our own ability to rule over them, but to serve them. And so... So how much thought and attention do we give to developing a servant's heart when we're aspiring to lead or take on a leadership role? Because I believe there's seeds of greatness in us that want to lead, but we have to consider the role of serving. And, yeah, great leaders never desire to lead but to serve. Serving is their focus the servants, the servant leader is servant first. And I'll close with another passage we see in Luke 22, 26, and 27. It says, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. Verse 27, for who is greater, one who reclines at the table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? but I am among you as one who serves. So Jesus was waiting on others. He would be the waiter that would come to the table to serve the one who is seated to receive a meal, okay? And so that's the picture, the perspective, the outlook that we need to have as well. We're going to take a moment and pray right now. I just want you to bow your heads right where you're at and ask yourself, Lord, or ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to me through this message today? How do you want me to respond to this message today?
Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the ministry of your word today. I thank you for attentive hearts. Heavenly Father, help us to find our place to serve in your kingdom where we can make a positive difference in people's lives and do our part to build the church. Help us, Father God, to develop a servant's heart and a servant mentality as we aspire to lead. Thank you for raising us up as servant leaders whose focus is not ego, status, or pride, but our focus to be on those that you've called us to serve. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to do a work in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, you know, I don't know that my life is right with God. Maybe you haven't received salvation the gift of eternal life that Jesus came to this world to give to us. Maybe you came this morning as a first-time visitor. Maybe you came and, and your life is not where you know it should be. You've got questions. You have issues, which we all do. Maybe you've walked with God, but you had a place where you seem like you're so far from Him. Today, you have an opportunity to return to him, to come home. The scripture tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if, if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. Salvation is a gift, but it requires that we believe and we confess Jesus as Lord of our life. With every head bowed, nobody looking around at this moment, if you hear you say, Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God. In fact, if I were to die today, I don't know where I would go. I don't have certainty or clarity as far as where I would end up. And say, Pastor, would you pray for me so that I could receive Jesus and know for certain that my life is right with him. If that's you, just lift your hand and we'd be honored to pray with you today to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life or maybe recommit your life to him. Thank you. Let's stand up together. And maybe you didn't lift your hand, but for whatever reason, that doesn't matter. God knows your heart. He sees the condition of your heart. And he wants to meet you at your point of need. But I'm going to lead you in what we call a believer's prayer. And it's a prayer we pray to put our faith in Jesus, to put our trust in him, to make certain that he is our Lord and Savior, acknowledging and confessing him as the Lord of our life. So if you would, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge without Jesus I'm lost. And I acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior of the world who came to die for my sins. 
I believe that he is raised from the dead. I acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer sincerely, the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things pass away. There's a transformation that takes place where he changes us from the inside out. It's glorious. It's precious. It's God's love encountering humanity. In a little bit, we'll have the prayer team up here, but at this time, we want to worship God. So open your heart to him as you worship him at this time. Thank you for being so attentive to the word. God bless you. Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.